Hello everybody, this is Apple Treats uh, Season 3, Episode 4, WWDC Edition, probably. We, we called it Special Computing, but we won't be talking about Special Computing until the end of the episode. Let's special. Special. Very, special. very special. I actually, like, I'm, I, I want to uh, hint here, my opinion might be a little bit different from what you are currently reading in the like, tech blogs or Twitter. So I'm, I might be sounding a little bit different from all the uh, doomsayers and people saying that this platform will die in a year or two. So let's, let's wait until the end of the episode and I will try to uh, prove my point there, at least from my perspective. But... So yeah, um, we are talking about WWDC, we are talking about all the announcements Apple made during uh, this conference. And actually, um, I still have my, uh, yeah, you, you have your cat, but I still have my playlist for, uh, for the sessions we need to, uh, I need to watch myself. So I, I'm, I'm still not through all of them. Even I had time to get to some of the sessions, but I, I still, and moreover, even that special computing sessions are also on the list. A couple of those I, I still I still need I, to... I removed move. all of them from my list, and even though I have about 10 hours of it. <laughs> right. I propose we will start with some things which are really technical. We will probably lose some audience, uh, but before, before we do that, uh, if you're watching us live, just put your... Uh, like impressions on WWDC, what announcements did uh, you enjoy, what announcements made you cry, whatever you want to share, put them in the chat, we will go through those and uh, we will discuss them as well. But let's start with Swift. Um, Swift is a programming Just language, Swift. which, oh, well, so, Swift okay. and and everything <laughs> which is uh, uh, like probably really related to Swift. And then maybe even start with Swift macros because I think this uh, this announcement was like we were, we all knew that macros are coming because that the open process the evolution start uh, the the discussions of the macros started a long long time ago but they actually were key to a couple of features which were announced on WWDC so let's maybe start with macros and similar to what we had with uh, with what with view builders result builders really. yeah oh, result builders yeah uh, back in two thousand nineteen. When CGI was announced. Yeah. So, exactly. yeah, yeah. However, uh, yeah, Macros uh, finally uh, welcomes Swift in the world of uh, big programming languages. We uh, <laughs> have uh, Macroses. So, you're you're uh, talking from the Rust perspective, right? <sighs> yes. I don't. Uh, because we, we can remember C, which also has Macros. So, just for those who don't know, like Swift Macros and Rust Macros are not in the same league so as it's the C not macros. like a preprocessor macro. Uh, they do something like they do a similar job. So they just generate uh, a code which you like you're previously predefined and it works like template so you just fill some place. However, uh, so this was a description for C macros. So you yeah. just had template and that's it. Uh, talking about Swift and Rust, so what you do there during compilation, you run your own code to generate more code. Finally, so uh, we instead of I don't know generating mocks uh, like as a build phase or in your CI pipeline, this can be a part of your compilation just because of these uh, macros. Yeah, uh, the good example they provided is with uh, improvement in observable. Uh, so replacing observable uh, property wrapper and observable object uh, protocol, we finally have just single uh, macros observable, which generates uh, some piece of code which observes changes in the object and notifies about these changes. Uh, sounds very good. Exactly. So observation API is actually a good example of like usage of that, those macros. So you just put the observable uh, macro and that or bindable macro like they, they all work with the with the similar things um, there are a couple of things though which you might need to read uh, because like there are a couple of things where you might expect that observation will work but it won't and but like again those 
uh, that that particular moment is stated in the documentation. I also mentioned that on the on Twitter, and uh, there are a lot of talks about that. But uh, that particular thing will require you to make smaller views instead of like one big view with all the, all the elements. But again, just keep keep in mind observation works a little bit different, like slightly less uh, intuitive in one particular aspect. But I don't uh, know. I don't know. So Apple said that uh, if you uh, so finally you can write code as you want and it will work. This is yeah. their statement. As <laughs> right. I, um, I, I believe they said said the same about SwiftUI in the first mm, version. Mm. So finally you can migrate. No, not yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, this, we will talk about the announcements in the SwiftUI part because there are a lot of things there, and most of those things were like like slight improvements and hopefully the, the the stability will also improve but that will time will sell uh, one more feature one more i don't know framework was inspired and was probably it, it could only exist with macros is the swift data which is most of the developers uh like who work with some kind of data structured data in their applications really waited for a long long time so we all had core data which is objective c based framework which works with the storages including sqlite storage and now we finally have swift native api with the models declared in code like we kind of probably might remember realm Right. <laughs> well, yeah, ten years yeah. ago, they did this. So finally, Apple, welcome, welcome again, welcome here. Um, the thing is, um, like you might probably, uh, if you didn't watch the sessions, you might probably think that it's a totally new framework with totally different everything. Well, not exactly. So the storage actually the same as the core data, and not just the same, but it could also be shared between core data and Swift data at the same in the same application. So. I would probably call Swift Data as kind of front, new front end for the same persistence storage configuration and everything. Moreover, like if you used Core Data with the CloudKit integration, so you like used iCloud, it will also work. So good job. I mean, I think that that's that's actually a good thing because like you can probably start migrating uh, like gradually. And moreover, yeah, just one more thing: Swift Data will not be backported to the previous uh, releases. You will have to update your um, minimum target to the current releases of the macOS, iOS, and, and other platforms. Well, yeah, that's unfortunate because there, are, there were a couple of things which were uh, backported. Like, like the, the, uh, uh, there are even some new callbacks which will be backported to the previous iOS releases. So we will talk about UIKit uh, here. Um, apart from that, core data is uh, strongly typed, uh, model declared in code, and um, like it uses new strongly typed predicates, which is again something really nice. Swift data, not core data. Sorry, exactly. Well, <laughs> I mean, we, we all know that it's uh, well. We, we Swift, now Swift all know that is basically core data. Yeah, it's, but it's like with the new shiny Swift front end. Um, nicely done. I think it's still a really good thing to uh, to do and. Um, the only probably uh, bad thing I, I saw there is the schema migration. So, like, you know, when you use the application and you need to publish an update, you need to migrate the existing storage to a new schema. And with the core data, it more or less okay. You declare a new schema, you declare new classes, and it, like, some changes it could merge automatically without you doing anything. With the Swift data, you need to put your model classes inside the schema container class or container enum. And you need to declare those migrations like in code. And that's probably a bad thing <laughs> because you, you need to spend a lot of time declaring those schemas. And just one thing to remember, your code needs to keep all the classes for the old schema and for the new schema and for all, for all the schemas from the start of the applications if you want to uh, support those migrations. And but this is good. So you because I remember how migrations uh, were done in Realm. So uh, you just had opportunity to read your old object as a hash, as a dictionary, which is not yeah. very safe. Yeah. yeah, let's say. Well, so, so again, can, like the, the, this probably you can write some micro for <laughs> fast migration. <laughs> I, th I think that something will be like um, I expect more articles covering this topic like emerge during the summer. So I think there will be more and more information. Okay, um, 
The next thing, we which is to, also related, so to, yeah. we need to talk about another framework. It's finally going uh, start start its migration to Swift its foundation. Oh uh, right, yeah. This is this is pretty old uh, piece of news. Uh, it was announced back in end of April, I believe. Uh, but it was just small announcement. Oh, we're gonna migrate mm. this. Uh, but uh, now I checked source code, and the good thing that yeah, they started from boring stuff. Because for me personally, I would like to see their implementation of URL session and etc. Because existing open source implementation of uh, foundation, which is supposed to be used on Linux, it doesn't support any structured concurrency calls yeah. uh, for uh, in foundation. And recently, um, I and my colleague we tried to find what will happen if we cancel a task. We in, which inside uh, calls uh, URL session data method. Will it cancel a request or not? Uh, so, and I want to see code, please, Apple. So, <laughs> yeah. However, they stated that they improved a lot in calendar by just uh, reusing, not reusing, rewriting uh, all this stuff in Swift. It's Swift uh, yeah. And the second is just because uh, probably they slightly re, uh, like revisited their implementation, improved it somewhere. So uh, even uh, in some cases, even Objective-C calling this uh, new foundation, like new Swift foundation, works faster than previous version of uh, like the Objective-C foundation. Yeah. And uh, that actually brings like more opportunities to put Swift to other platforms, including Linux and Windows and other. And next topic will be uh, heavily related to that. So <laughs> Apple was talking about C++ interoperability for a long, long time. And now they actually delivered it. It's not finished. It's not like uh, set in stone. They will be working more, but they already have a lot of stuff in calling Swift from C++ and calling C++ from Swift. They had a couple of sessions types, in that. As far oh? as I remember. And passing types. Between, yeah. Uh, yeah, so a couple of types will be passed uh, like properly. For example, uh, C++ iterators will be passed as collections and therefore you will have uh, like Swift safe way of uh, dealing with the uh, C++ vectors and everything. On the other hand, uh, strings, I think, also will be passed properly according uh, between the platforms. And the interesting thing there is they actually um, mentioned that FoundationDB already started using Swift for some of the places where they previously used uh, C++. Yeah, yeah. So it was funny. So they just stated, oh, and also not iOS and macOS, but also FoundationDB going to use uh, Swift. But let's remember that Foundation ZB is an Apple project, uh, which is also right. open sourced under Apple. <laughs> on yeah. so, but still, but, but still, but this, mean, is, it's, 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 this is because this is big. Yeah. This is pretty yeah. big stuff. Uh, it's a big distributed KVL uh, database storage, uh, and and it's obviously that uh, instead of using these very nice and beautiful language as C plus plus, is not like their primary goal now since they have this beautiful Swift with the different stuff and simply just more people can start contributing to FoundationDB uh, yeah. by just having it in Swift. I'm not sure that a lot of people are ready to contribute contributing now into, I don't know, Swift Package Manager that is purely written in Swift, etc. However, having this opportunity and having an opportunity to check code which you understand instead of C++. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, very interesting. And they mentioned that they also starting rewriting re some of their stuff uh, like in Swift compiler with uh, Swift. Yeah. Because, uh, so previously it was written in C++ uh, purely. And now you can gradually replace some parts with Swift code because you can yeah. uh, talk to each other. Beautiful. Yeah, they also announced a couple of um, uh, markers, I believe, which you can, well, basically you can annotate your C++ code so it will be more expressive in the C world, or, or sorry, in the Swift world. So there are a couple of things you can add to your code and then basically will work nicely together. But apart from that, 
It's a really good thing. I, I kind of expect that, uh, well, that, that might actually bring some uh, more uh, attention to C++ because you can probably now use C++ as some kind of cross-platform uh, library, which you can use from... Finally, from, finally, um, no more Dart and JavaScript. Thanks, God. Yes. Yeah, well, we, we, we will see. I mean, I'm not sure that will actually happen because like C++ needs more attention sometimes. But I think that that's still a good thing to have... These two languages, like Swift and C++, working as uh, uh, like working together nicely without doing a lot of uh, I don't know um, opaque pointer transitions and everything. So it's a good thing. Um, okay, there are two more uh, updates that are one. I don't know. I don't understand this, but probably this is yeah. important for someone. And second one, this is what I like. So first one is proposal SE0393 value at time type parameter packs oh yeah uh, yeah <laughs> so this stuff with introducing more weird uh keywords that is each repeat, repeat each and yeah as stuff yeah. so uh do you have any idea why they need it? for example um, for macros we now see they use it in swift data yeah why need, why they need these so i think the only uh, reasonable case for that is simplification of uh, result builders. So um, previously, in order to like combine multiple statements within one um, block, you will need to you need to have multiple functions with different number of parameters in order to capture all of those. And now you can have one function which can ha uh, handle different parameters. And the the thing there is not the variadic parameters per se. So it's uh, the uh, the the thing is that you you can have different types uh, uh, for those parameters, and you can still preserve the type information. So this is uh, without having them all cast to like any something. So I don't think this particular feature will be heavily used uh, by regular developers. Um, well, I mean, probably somebody could correct me here, but I think this is more for stuff like uh, result builders and maybe something where where you need to methods to be able to deal with like really many parameters uh, being there. And I don't see any other use cases actually. <laughs> Or we just uh, haven't seen this session, so probably. We'll yeah, I, I've seen it, later. and they they basically were talking about result builders, like obviously, but okay, no, no other like significant uh, like here you can do what you previously could not do without this particular thing. Okay, and second thing is about structure concurrency. So finally, uh, we can implement custom executors, custom actor executors. So right. we had some interfaces, some protocols for this previously. I looked a lot into this for very, very simple reason. I just wanted to make my uh, structured concurrency code uh, more testable to create a test executor which works in a single thread. So I don't need to uh, right. wait for results. Uh, I yeah I will definitely try uh, to implement my own and the good thing that they uh, added support or easy support of dispatch queue so you can declare dispatch queue and say that yeah. this dispatch queue will be your executor in That's some great. particular yeah. actor so yeah we definitely can try doing some, some something custom at least for testing because yeah. this is a pain point for me. They, they actually um, uh, also mentioned that this particular thing might be interesting if you're building for the constrained environments. For example, you have very limited uh, amount of resources on a specific uh, embedded device and you just basically do not have multi-threading there and you can still mm -hmm. have benefits of those uh, having this one single thread uh, an executor. And um, so again, this makes you think about Swift as a, not just Apple platform language. So you you probably can have something. Uh, yeah, this I know. Makes you probably you dream about this, not yeah. not not thinking about this. <laughs> yeah, well, at least at least you baby steps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me probably also mention another feature which was powered by Macros, the previews, the new previews mm -hmm. in yeah. Swift UI and now UIKit as well. So 
Um, you can build your views and view controllers uh, in both frameworks and have a uh, Xcode preview feature uh, available. And just one thing, like if you are uh, asked a question, uh, like how UIKit is different from SwiftUI, you cannot now tell like that SwiftUI uses previews and UIKit doesn't. No, not, there, are there are other different features. And like if you're on the technical interview and you're asked this question, think, think more about differences. Like remember the declarative na nature of the SwiftUI and everything. So um, apart from that, this is actually pretty cool. And uh, like previews are now uh, much easier to write in code. You, you simply write like uh, hashtag preview and um, you can submit some configuration there and it works just nice. Mm -hmm. um, Let's maybe go through a couple other maybe user What's else in your list? Yeah. I also wanted to talk about the watchOS. And here we will not be talking about the frameworks or anything, but rather design language changes there. So um, Apple keeps iterating on the watch in terms of how to make the interface work on the small devices. And they now changing um, more uh, like horizontal uh, screens towards the vertical screen. So they now have vertical tab bar where which you can scroll using your uh, digital crown or using the finger. And if screen is more than like, the, the screen size of the watch, you scroll the screen and then it switches to another tab. So it's a, um, they also changed the placement of the buttons. So you can now put buttons on the navigation bar in the Apple Watch. Again, that's probably okay for the bigger watches. I'm not exactly sure how it will work with the smaller watches, like the uh, 30, eight, nine models, 14 millimeter models. Maybe it's time um, to drop them and yeah. shiny ultra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they also uh, added a thing, which is the, the, like the widgets are from the iPhone now coming to watch as well, like fully supported widgets, like big widgets, not just, just complications. They, they're, they're coming everywhere. Yeah, actually. And yeah, by the way, we will, we will be talking about widgets in the like soon again. So, um, and these widgets will also like they have the smart stack, uh, which like show you most relevant widget and so on, which reminds me of the Siri watch face, which actually did probably the same thing. So which it, it, it was showing you some kind of widgets, like not these widgets, but like small tiles with the information which should be relevant to you. So it seems that Siri watch face is being like essentially replaced by these uh, smart widget stacks and these smart widget stacks will be accessible on the watch face again with the digital crown or uh, finger swipe, uh, swipe there. The thing is that they also replacing the control center. So it now will, will be accessed by the button rather than the swipe from the bottom of the screen. Um, I will suffer from this. Yeah, so like the, the, the motoric memory is actually like, I was using this uh, one single years. press on the button for recent apps. So now you will probably need to do something else and again, We'll see. We'll see how it will work. Um, the, the, the thing I would wanted to share here is that Apple still iterates and thinks about the interface. It's not that they like find, found, finally found the solution for, for watch. So uh, we'll see how the, this interface will work in the, in the long run. But um, from first looks, it, it looks nice. The only thing is like if you need to scroll a lot vertically, well, I, I don't know. It's still not fully natural for me. I mean, like you, you still need to pack much less content for the watch in order to keep user like like show the proper content instantly rather than have him or he or her scrolling through the multiple screens and uh, finally getting to your content. So I, I don't know. I mean, next, uh, year. next year, Apple. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, probably will playground be for uh, watch. <laughs> right. Um, let's maybe mention another thing, um, the SwiftUI actually. Yeah, let's talk about SwiftUI. A uh, oh. couple of announcements, store kit, map kit, a couple of other things and like specific views for SwiftUI, uh, which is good. Again, these views will be available only for this release, um, but still good. The only thing that I accept as a progress in SwiftUI is just open sourcing of SwiftUI. Uh, then yeah, we can... No. <laughs> We can make it better. By the way, uh, one uh, I, uh, I promised to say something about the UI kit. Um, probably you all knew this, like placing your um, code into view will appear, view did load, like appropriately. There is another callback, view is appearing. 
and um, gradually yeah <laughs> yeah so and actually they say that this uh, callback should replace your code from you will appear because in this callback traits are installed for the uh, for the ui views and that's important and moreover like okay new callback uh, now i need to put like some code in the previous releases like no this callback will be backported to i think uh, ios 13 so they actually did this, so they, they were able to put the... So they uh, can do this, finally. Yeah. Thanks, Apple. Uh, uh, in my read, I have yeah. uh, something very interesting for me. So CK Sync Engine. So Sync Engine for uh, CloudKit. And this this is what, like, how it should be done, I don't know, a while ago when CloudKit <laughs> was uh, implemented. So because uh, they say... Either if you want to have out of the box this functionality, use core data. And if you don't like core data, suffer and implement this uh, by yourself. So from the first lens, this looks like replacement for my custom sync engine, which I tried to implement and not finished because it's very huge topic. So I will give it yeah. a try. Yeah, definitely. This seems to be an interesting uh, case for the uh, CloudKit usage. And um, like from the first look, it looks like exactly as you said, you can now have your sync without the uh, core data. And that seems to be an interesting idea. Okay, we are coming to the topic which we probably I want to talk no, a little I bit have more. One more than, topic. But we also yeah, and I also have another one. And let, let's start with yours now, and I will. Okay, uh, I haven't seen this session yet, but it caught my attention by by its title. So it's Push Notification Console. So it's a separate service for testing push notifications. Yeah. So no more ugly shell scripts with uh, uh, converting all these uh, P12 files into SER and DER and key. Oh, finally. Because yeah. However, some... if, you, if you do CI uh, testing for pushes, then you will still need that uh, common line. But <laughs> interactive testing, yeah, it's much easier. The console looks nice and uh, yeah, that's, that will help a lot uh, for, with the actual um, push notification. Test. So you, you currently can uh, test it on the simulator by just uh, like yeah. placing place, uh, payload to the simulator, but like with the devices that won't work. But the good thing that on ARM Max, uh, simulator register in IPNS, so you can mm -hmm. send notifications to simulator yeah. without any issue. Yeah. Okay, uh, the next section, like my uh, on my list, is called. Uh, expectations for a new weird devices let me let me explain yeah uh, no it's not not it's not about the vision pro it's like it's a little bit different so what i what i'm seeing here um apple announced a couple of frameworks and tools um for example iphone standby mode so if you put your iphone to charging and put it into horizontal uh position like landscape it will show you widgets Full screen, and uh, it will. There, there, there are a couple of other some, some like you know, watch uh, clock widget. Like you can have photos, and you can write your own widgets, and they can like you can set up multiple widget screens for for the standby mode. Which is well, I mean, it's nice, but why? <laughs> like okay, why not? well, I mean, like, you can reasonable use case. You can put your. Uh, I, I have an answer for you because previously we used as a night in nightstand mode our watch. Yeah, and that but was terrible. The, yeah. But but two versions ago, they introduced sleep tracking. So in general, you don't yeah. put your watch yeah. as a nightstand. No, it was okay actually. So, but I've been sleeping in my watches since exactly Apple Watch Four. Right. So I mostly never use this uh, functionality. And pro, uh, but my phone is always near me, on like uh, in my bedroom. So. Maybe for me that would be nice. Right, and one more one more thing. So if you put that to the MagSafe charger, it will remember the uh, widget configuration which you used with this particular charger. So like for example, if you put that on the charger at your uh, work desk, it will show you a you know, calendar, and at, uh, on your uh, near your bed, it will show you clock or whatever. Okay, nice. My my door charger will not remember. Yeah. It. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Next, uh, but I will find a way to put it in like some way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you still need to put it properly. The dock kit, 
another new framework which will allow your phone to control motorized dock and it will allow you to position the camera in a way so it will track you. Again, like it's an interesting framework, it's a nice idea, but why? Like, do we have a lot of motorized docks or do we expect them to hit the market this fall? Let's let's keep that in mind yet. I mean, it's not the end of all the of all the things there. Um, well, they they showed some 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 dock, yeah. But yeah, they showed this dock. But what we can think about is just about different stuff related to I know sports tracking or right. uh, I don't know dance tracking and etc. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, this use case with using your phone as a camera for FaceTime on Apple TV. This is the simplest case. Yeah. So that's exactly the next topic, the Apple TV continuity camera, basically allowing your Apple TV, uh, TV OS applications to use the camera. Like it's, it's, not, it's not really important if it's continuity camera or just the camera, but you will have an ability to use camera on your Apple TV or TV OS. And now it's, I'm, I'm, again, I'm, this is all speculations, but what I'm thinking from all of these frameworks being available, is that we are experiencing something like new home targeted device from Apple to appear soon, which will have camera, probably will have screen, and maybe be working on something like tvOS, for example, HomePod. Um, there were there were rumors. Yeah, well, like dock something, whatever. I mean, you probably might want to have this kind of device, like not put your iPhone there always, but rather have separate device which will be focused on the uh, control of your smart home, uh, maybe doing some FaceTime calls, maybe showing you some information along the way, like some Nest devices had with the screens. Again, Apple probably will be doing a little bit different. They might have some privacy considerations and everything, but I'm, I didn't see that in any like journalists uh, saying that this is, is that this is the case and Apple already works on that. But having all of these frameworks like contribute towards an idea of having a device with the camera, with the screen, and uh, like running some kind of tvOS based uh, operating system. So again, these are, these are just speculations. Don't uh, use your money on on this. Like don't don't buy stocks just because you heard this. Um, but I'm, I'm still thinking Whatever this you might... want. We just yeah. don't give you uh, advice. Yeah. It's not an advice, but it seems so. Like this all, like the, um, I know, like full screen widgets in the standby mode. This all looks like something which could be happening. I mean, for, that's that's something I expect to see. And again, this is not a, not related to the to the next big topic we are going to discuss in this uh, um, the naming stuff as well. I mean, <laughs> I think it's important then to discuss. But, uh, so yeah, I just we were looking for this session. So uh, having this stuff with uh, docs and etc. There are a separate session called support external cameras in your yeah. iPad OS app. So we can connect iPad uh, camera yeah. to iPad. Right. Yeah, that's also an, a thing. And probably uh, maybe we will... Uh, again, iPad might gradually replace uh, notebooks more and more. By the and way, what do you think about a new way to airdrop? Just bubble drop. Yeah, that uh, reminds me one um, uh, application, application which... Yeah, which died a long time ago, but it was like in the early iPhone era when you could do yeah. fist bump and share the contact information and there was no airdrop there. Everything works through the internet, but they used accelerometer on both devices and they like basically calculating the moment two devices clash to each other, check the GPS. Yeah. yeah, and um, then when it, it was fun. So. Do, yeah. do, do you remember like their web version, uh, like on PC uh, for that service? No, that's uh... you had you, you had to tap with your phone by space button. That was beautiful. <laughs> that was really well, beautiful. The, the, yeah, so the the they actually the, those guys were able to mitigate the like limitations and did that beautifully. I mean that that that. Uh, it's kind of sad that idea went away. I mean, it's obviously it should have, but like it's still they they have creative ways of uh, implementing stuff, and um, I really enjoyed the idea and the implementation part there. I, I think it it was even mentioned by Apple on one of the keynotes. I'm pretty much sure I saw it Maybe. on the keynote. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, good old days. 
Yeah. So, but but apart from that, it's actually kind of interesting, and uh, um, uh, it might in like your name drop, like basically share your uh, contact information. Probably long overdue. Like, it probably would be much easier if that was I don't know five OS releases ago to to have to easily share your 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 contacts. And again, like. You might have a lot of contacts there, but you probably need to mark some of them as like public, some of them are private. But for example, you, you might list your home address there in order for your car to uh, drive you there, but you probably don't want to share that home address with everybody. I don't know. Um, we'll check. We'll see how it will work. Okay, let's, let's, uh, we, we have the final segment of this show. And um, yeah, finally. So we will be talking about the Vision Pro. and. We all expected it to be called Reality Pro uh, and XR OS. Okay, it's Vision OS in the keynote, but it's XR like, OS in most of the WWDC sessions. Yeah. And it's they XR OS it in, yeah, yeah. And in the code, which was leaked and like mentioned there. So it's the Apple still doesn't know how to properly call this uh, platform. But okay, well, that, never mind. Let's let's assume um, that they are just the dealing rumor, with all the trademarks. Uh, this XROS was from, as far as I remember, from New Zealand because Apple registered trademark yeah. uh, New Zealand. So probably after that, they decided, ah, oh, let's rename this. <laughs> okay. So what we were talking previously, we were talking that this, cam- this, this device might have the uh, external screen which will show your uh, eyes. And we were like uh, skeptical about that. Well, it turns out that's true. And uh, they call it eyesight. It looks and, creepy. Uh, it looks creepy, but um, um, well, yeah, just full disclaimer. I didn't wear those and I didn't see them in, in reality as I was not able to get to uh, in-person event for this year. Well, so we will still need to wait until that. Um, but the idea is nice and a um, couple of rumors which I wish we know already that the, in 2025 Apple plans to have a more affordable version. But it seems like according to the rumors that they are not going to sacrifice this eyesight feature. So this will still be even in more affordable version. And again, by saying more affordable, it doesn't mean it will cost less than a thousand dollars. It will still probably cost like about two thousand dollars, <laughs> but it will be more affordable than three thousand five hundred dollars starting price. Yeah, but my 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 iPad with the stylus and keyboard it cost me about two thousand, so it's okay to pay yeah. two thousand for uh, such kind of device. But uh, yeah, uh, thirty five hundred mm, too much, not for me. One interesting thing. So um, let's maybe talk about the use cases here. Uh, like again, we we were talking about that previously, and. We, we were talking that the uh, like iPadOS might be powering this device in terms of the applications. Turns out not only iPadOS, but iPhone uh, iOS as well. So the applications from both of them will be able to run with some limitations. So some things will be able to run, some things will not be able to run. It depends. Um, however, what I would like to uh, mention here that this is actually an important part of the of Apple uh, bringing this device to market. So they are not calling it headset. They are not calling this, uh, I don't know, AR VR device. They are calling it special computing device. And uh, while it's very verbose term, uh, I think that clarifies the idea behind it. It's a standalone special computing device. So you don't need anything to run uh, uh, your applications there. And it's not just games or ER experiences. It's actually your application. And they were focusing a lot on the business cases, like running your Safari with like 2D pages and some 3D content attached to it when you when you have that. Or you're running your keynote uh, presentation and you can even do rehearsal with some kind of uh, additional experience or anything like that. So they didn't have much of the like killer feature. Well. Maybe the entertainment part was kind of cool, but it still doesn't convince you as a, like, this is something, this particular feature will be like the important part. The thing is, they were showing this future when you don't need your uh, desktop monitor anymore. That's the probably the killer feature. So what you will be having as a device, uh, which like doesn't need well you can attach a keyboard if you want to uh, type quicker that's probably reasonable thing to have especially 
they have the on-screen, well, it's not no longer on-screen keyboard, it's like floating uh, keyboard, floating on in space. the air keyboard. Yeah. It looks nice, but I think you, your hands will um, like feel very tired quite soon. Um, but apart from that, it's and still... Like, you connect your hardware keyboard? Yeah, Bluetooth? you can use Bluetooth yeah. keyboard and that will work perfectly. So, again... And that, that, and after that? So, yeah, I, uh, today we agreed that I'm supposed to be a bad con. <laughs> However, this particular stuff with external keyboard connected to this thing, uh, this is something similar what I experienced with iPad and uh, Magic yeah. Keyboard, the trackpad. So this makes this device, okay, it cannot replace a device for my work. And unfortunately, like in comparison to iPad, it, uh, taking into account that I spent a lot of time on meetings, uh, it cannot replace uh, yeah. like device for me because iPad I can use for meetings. I can use uh, Vision Pro as well, However, listening about this uh, digital avatar where they try to like yeah. use your face, photo and scan of your face as your avatar. Uh, we need to know. see how it works. I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. And moreover, it, this per digital persona will work differently like with the 2G screen and they also will have the 3D representation as well. Um, I'm okay to put motorized yeah. dog somewhere yeah. <laughs> here and uh, let my iPhone to be a camera. So let's talk, by the way, let's talk about cameras. Uh, that's an interesting topic. I mean, uh, some people might expect like the device which has 12 out outward facing cameras. And I think four inward facing cameras will provide you with uh, your, as a developer, with a lot of applications, like you can use a lot of cameras. Well, no, none. You can access... Well, I'll explain myself here. You don't have access to any of the cameras per se. You have an access to a virtual camera, which will be like facing to you towards your face and it will not show like the exact image from coming from the camera, but it will show that digital persona image. That's the only camera you can access as a developer on the Vision Pro, at least with the current state of the platform. So they potentially might expand that. Uh, that's probably might have some uh, ideas on how to make it work. But as of now, even if it has really high resolution cameras, which will able to take pictures and like 3D videos, that's only supported by the platform itself. So you probably need to press that physical button on the headset in order to trigger that camera image. So uh, no, you can't use those cameras at all. And that's, well, maybe concerning, like, you, well, how would I create those I know experiences, how will I work with the image coming? Like, well, you have AR key. Uh, however, well, yeah, you have reality kit as well. Like, this are you saying that we should not expect a new version of Halide uh, or Improv? Uh, yeah, you, you should. Well, in, uh, unless you just want to take pictures of yourself, moreover, it's not yourself, but rather um, like uh, you mathematical that. model of yourself. Yeah, so it's. So what, uh, by the way, another thing, ARKit for the Vision OS is not the same as ARKit for iOS. It's different framework. It has the same name, but it has different API, different ways of working with things. And interestingly, <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, when Apple presented ARKit for the Vision OS, they highly emphasized that it has uh, Swift and C versions of the framework. And they were showing C API all the way for I the AI. C API is for such stuff as Unity and yes. Unreal Engine. So uh, Unity is also supported, uh, and they mentioned that the Unity will be they supported. They had a session, yeah. separate sessions. Se several well. sessions, moreover. Yeah, like okay. gaming and the immersive experiences and everything. They, they said zero information about Unreal Engine. However, uh, Unreal Engine uh, guys already updated their SDK with like uh, constants for the Apple hardware or something like that. Um, I'm not sure if they will be actually uh, able to properly support it, but I think they will try at least to be quite quick on this. Um, I do not expect to have... So if, if they have access to the C API... Yeah. I don't think they will have any support from Apple though. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, uh, besides, like, regular developer uh, feedback uh, assistant requests, to, which are, like... Two requests uh, per year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, okay, so 
let's focus on another thing. Again, like thinking about this spatial computing thing. I was saying like my 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 vision is like in ten years we will not be using uh, monitors well, like at least most of the time. It will be thing of the past, and we will be mostly at, at least as a engineers or business managers or anything or let's put it that way office workers who are currently using computers will be mostly using uh, new iterations of this kind of the devices so they probably will become much uh, um, lighter they probably might be like just as glasses or whatever but and they will not be coming from only from apple they will be com uh, competition here as well so we, we know the quest has something like that but it's well their device technology is just does not allow you to read anything there. It's it's simply you will be um, damaging your eyes with uh, if you will try to read something from 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 that. So you, we need you need like superior display technology in order for this to be uh, like work machine. Like you will be working with the text, with some graphics, with anything. So again, t in ten years, like I, I will put my predictions here, and like somebody will uh, will be able to find me uh, and like point me to this video. Hopefully, will not delete it by the, by the time. But they can say like, yeah, you predict. I expect this to be like a uh, mainstream device for work in ten years. I'm not talking about entertainment. Maybe, maybe not. It's it's a different topic. But as a device for the business, as a device for the enterprise, this seems to be perfect thing to like. Get rid of all of your uh, monitors and still be in, in more or less in private. You can work with a lot of information. You can have a lot of screen space. You can have a lot of applications running at the same time. And they could be 2D applications like working with text. They could be 3D applications running in parallel. And you will be able to, well, I mean, I expect more use cases to be working with the 3D uh, objects coming soon. So. I'm again saying saying this from from the perspective uh, as a business user. I mean, I, I definitely think this will happen soon. We find that no. we we can create a virtual version of Siri as a paperclip, <laughs> of course, uh, staying here. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully the Siri will have more attention in next uh, years again because we 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 actually hope to see. Uh, Xcode Cloud with the Copilot X capabilities or new something in Siri, and we only I think have a better autocorrect, which should no, be no, no. So there, there are two different. So there are two different things: one for iOS, one for iPadOS. On iOS is just yeah, it's autocorrection, and on iPadOS, I uh, uh, like suggest. Uh, yeah, I think it will be more like. Not just one word, but more words, so like some yeah. phrases. Yeah, you can basically write text. Uh, and well, we'll we'll see again how it will work. But this so, this was the yeah. only time when they mentioned LLM. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and even they called it somewhere like something else. I don't. I, I think it's, they were uh, referring this to BERT mostly, not the like. And again, you cannot run full LLM on the iPad. You will drain battery, <laughs> and uh, yeah. even if you run small versions of those, uh, just one more thing in regards to the uh, spatial computing and everything. So they emphasized share play uh, as a part of that experience. And one thing they focused on is like, um, currently you will only be able to uh, have a conversation between no more than five users. Um, however, you they thought about how to make it uh, work. So that you can place your content like movie screen and or I don't know, whiteboard, and you're standing around that whiteboard like side by side, or you put an object like on the table and you're standing around the table and uh, like discussing that, or the uh, the content is somewhere nearby and you are like talking to each other. So that was three templates for the communication in the headset or well, special computing device. Um, Let's call it headset pretty much. Yeah, well, for now, yes, at least. Uh, but um, I'm, I'm trying to accommodate myself. I mean, um, this is interesting. So they all already thought about the templates for this like collaboration work. Uh, five people is probably not too much. and But on the other hand, it's probably more or less okay in order to keep the conversation like up to date and not like splitting into separate groups and everything. I, I believe that if you have more than five people in a meeting, probably this meeting should be an email thread. Yeah, yeah, and moreover, like if you have, uh, I know, ten people wearing these devices, that's quite a rich organization to be. <laughs> well, um, apart from that, so the 
basically, and yeah, we, we probably also need to mention that the um, I was going through the design uh, considerations and the, um, like the development topics. They're focusing on couple of ways you can uh, build your uh, application within this uh, platform. So there you can have the 2D windows, which will be floating somewhere uh, on, the, on, on your, um, I don't know, space around you. You can have volumetric windows, which is basically like a cube, which you can put any 3D content in. And it can also be interacted with, so you can like, I don't know, do something. And the, the next thing is like immersive experience, where you take over like all other applications go away and only your content is shown. That doesn't mean that this will be hiding the room. So you, you can still like show the information from the from around you, but you're controlling everything you see. So you can place a lot of 3D objects, you can interact with them, or like they show with the like, you know, movie viewing, you just uh, put a user into virtual uh, environment and like he enjoys, he or she, or they enjoy the experience with the um, I, with your content. Just one application which I want to move into this. So memory graph from Xcode. <laughs> just yeah, yeah. All uh, these objects they are floating around. <laughs> I, I was hearing something about Jira. <laughs> no, no, please no. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it, it it could be the case. So uh, again, like Apple focused on a lot on a lot of this stuff, like how you will interact with this thing, and from my perspective, this. Um, design language is much more thought through rather it was with the Apple Watch. So they put a lot more attention on the interaction part, on the user experience part, on even on how to make your uh, you know hands not to be tired in a, in a, in a minute. So like, by the way, the, the another thing, so you, you control with the gestures, but it's interesting that you select your element, you can like directly touch something if it, if the screen is near you, but some screens will be far away. So what they're saying, instead of like physically touching, you're looking into specific element and like do something like pinch, but you don't have to have uh, your hand in front of you. It can be on your lap or on the table or anywhere. And uh, these cameras, which like look everywhere, they will capture that uh, gesture and interact with it. And the next thing is like, again, like on top of that, so the the head the headset controls like basically knows where you're looking to so that probably will be able to you can create a heat map of like user uh, um, eye movements. Well, you cannot because even the highlight status of the element is not happening with the, within context of your application. So the highlighting happens outside of your application and you did um, you don't know if user is actually looking on a specific element on your on, on your application. You you will only receive the interaction event, event like I know a pinch or something. So the privacy here is like is a key factor, and uh, that actually brings one more topic here. They put a lot of uh, efforts into making this device performant enough. So the the screen refresh rate is uh, typically ninety hertz, and uh, that means that you, uh, well, I mean, they adjusted for the uh, like 24 FPS uh, movies, so, so they can increase the uh, refresh rate up to 96, something like that. But So it's adjustable, but at minimum it runs at 90 hertz. That means like you have 20, 12 milliseconds per, per frame. And the important thing here, like if, if your scrolling lags on iPhone, that's well terrible, but well, you can live with that. If picture is lagging on the uh, on the thing which covers all your eyes and provides you uh, visual information in like your space you will be dizzy and you will be like you will feel not well so you really need to hit that uh, performance target and one of the things they do is they actually render uh, content at full resolution only at the place you're looking into all other areas are uh, rendered in the lower resolution I mean, smart, definitely smart, but it it also will require re-render everything when you uh, like when your eyes move. It's not your head moves, but rather eyes. It's a head too. Yeah, and going back to gestures for controlling. Uh, just before dub dub, uh, there's just a long thread uh, from Daniel Devesa text and stats uh, <laughs> about uh, 365 days of iOS accessibility. And he posted, uh, yeah, 12 
but 12 days ago, he posted Apple Watch Assistive Touch Cheat Sheet. So there's just a gesture which you can use to control your Apple Watch without touching Apple Watch. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is that mostly they uh, use the same gestures partially in Vision Pro. So and yeah. it's, it's good that they uh, keep this consistency. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. And by the way, you might think like this is the Vision Pro. You like have to have a lot of, um, I know, visual information that's probably will be limiting to the users. Well, <coughs> there are a couple of things happening with the accessibility there as well. So there are voiceover support. There is um, uh, uh, other technologies which, well, I mean, like you can have the lenses, uh, prescription lenses in order to accommodate this uh uh, device to your vision and those will cost you money but well at least you will be able to use it properly and mm -hmm. it can work with multiple um, vision problems with the users and it will still be an interesting device for us so apple does not sacrifice accessibility for the sake of like having some uh, headset uh, with the virtual reality that's really great to, to see from apple um, uh, we still need to actually like work with the devices and if you're one of the developers who are going to build this, these kind of applications, you will need to get the like simulator will be probably coming in like next week, maybe something as like as that. As I remember, they promised some uh, dev kits yeah. for uh, early uh, adopters. They said that there will be enrollment for the dev kits in July. Uh, again, enrollments probably will require you to submit your case. Like basically, like if they will not be sending yeah. dev kits to everybody. And they also <laughs> promised uh, labs. So you, you, you will be able to take your code, go to one of the Apple uh, labs and run it on the device there. So in Apple Watch. Yeah. Ago. So uh, the labs will be here in Cupertino one. Uh, they will be in London. They will be in Munich and there will be a couple of in Asia. Uh, I think Tokyo and Singapore. I'm not sure if there will be somewhere else, but I think these are uh, lab locations. And again, in order to get there, you will need to have a like strong case for Apple to uh, schedule you basically because they will probably not be uh, allowing you to get into the lab just oh I want to I want to see this device in action like that that, that won't work um, oh, oh yeah again like ha having this huge announcement here and uh, I basically like a lot of uh, rumors uh, like not rumors but uh, analysts or pseudo analysts they are telling that this device is doomed they are naming one particular feature uh, price <laughs> which is Huge. We 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 when we discussed, we were talking about like two and a half thousand. Like, well, it's three and a half thousand. It's really expensive. We at the podcast, we definitely will need some fundraising <laughs> to get at least one device uh, here. But uh, that even that won't work. Moreover, I think the sales will be constrained even within US. Um, like, the, they they will only be available in US initially, and they will be uh, like this with, with this price. I think. Uh, like even with this price, there will be a lot of adopters at that time, but there will be not too many devices available. So it seems that we will have to wait until mass adoption of this technology. And again, like by the time when we expect Apple to have more affordable version, hopefully there will be more technologies to build the screens for these uh, things, and we'll be able to ramp up the uh, all the components development and. Maybe with that, the components will also become a little bit cheaper. So maybe uh, Apple will be able to lower the price, not just because they were putting cheaper things, but rather they will be using the same uh, like initial uh, release of the Vision Pro, but it will be like cheaper to manufacture. Maybe. However, it's, however Vision Pro is still cheaper than Mac Pro. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it is. And um, also, it's I think on par with uh, Microsoft's Hololens something like that they are like at least quite close in terms of uh, uh, prices so it's <coughs> it's for the business users that's probably uh, more or less close uh, in order to and yeah comparing with hololens like the visual visual experience in hololens is just terrible like let's put it that way it's a, it's a very enterprising uh, where you don't don't want to to use it anywhere else unless you require it okay yeah, so it was... I don't uh, know what you say more about this. Yeah. What we need to do next, we need to finally be able to touch the device and uh, have our own uh, like experience with that. That I don't know where, where when exactly that would happen. We'll see. 
and uh, we need to go through the sessions uh, on our own we need to go through the all the content and i'm not sure what will be the next topic for our next episode um we will we will we'll have to think about that but um i think we might meet with you guys listeners viewers somewhere in july <laughs> yeah now, now we, we we need some time to go through the sessions and we need probably some time to start a lot working of homework yeah <laughs> And uh, hopefully by that time we might have some news on the uh, Vision Pro device, Vision OS, and um, maybe some more uh, news restrictions or restrictions being lifted for the developers. Who knows? We'll see. And um, since we like almost a year till the devices will be actually available, I mean they will be starting sales in uh, early uh, next year. But I still think that will be like hugely constrained and uh, there will be not too many devices available at, at first. And like well, my, maybe by next WWDC, there will be some uh, something new there, this topic. So you have a lot of time to collect money. Yeah, well, yeah, we will definitely. Yeah. <laughs> we, we will so be looking into this. Save some, some money from your lunches. And, yeah. yeah, a lot of lunches, a lot of lunches. <laughs> <laughs> one year of lunches or maybe more okay uh, i think that would be it for today uh thank you for coming um uh, uh hopefully that will be that was interesting to you write us anything like i don't know write us to mastodon to twitter to uh we also have this uh instagram thing which has zero uh, anything yet but we will be probably posting something on instagram as well um, yeah, right. Leave your comments, subscribe to us on every platform you, you know, and uh, leave us a review. Probably that, that will be it. And we will see you in July. See ya. Okay. Bye. See ya. Bye. Having this huge announcement here and uh, I, Basically, like a lot of uh, rumors, uh, like not rumors, but uh, analysts or pseudo analysts, they are telling that this device is doomed. They are naming one particular feature, uh, price, <laughs> which is huge. We, 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 when we discussed, we were talking about like two and a half thousand. Like, well, it's three and a half thousand. It's really expensive. We, at the podcast, we definitely will need some fundraising <laughs> to get at least one device uh, here. But uh, that even that won't work. Moreover, I think the sales will be constrained even within US. Um, like, the, they, they will only be available in US initially and they will be uh, like this, with this price. I think, uh, like, even with this price, there will be a lot of adopters at that time, but there will be not too many devices available. So it seems that we will have to wait until mass adoption of this technology. And again, like by the time when we expect Apple to have more affordable version, hopefully there will be more technologies to build the screens for these uh, things and we'll be able to ramp up the uh, all the components development. And maybe with that, the components will also become a little bit cheaper. So maybe the Apple will be able to lower the price, not just because they were putting cheaper things, but rather they will be using the same um, like initial uh, release of the Vision Pro, but it will be like cheaper to manufacture. So maybe. However, it's, however Vision Pro is still cheaper than Mac Pro. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it is. And um, also, it's I think on par with uh, Microsoft's Hololens, something like that. They are like at least quite close in terms of uh, uh, prices. So it's <laughs> it's for the business users that's probably uh, more or less close uh, in order to and yeah b b comparing with hololens like the visual visual experience in hololens is just terrible like let's put it that way it's a it's a very enterprise thing uh, where you like don't don't want to to use it anywhere else like unless you require it to okay yeah, so it was... I don't uh, know what you say more about this. Yeah. What we need to do next, we need to finally be able to touch the device and uh, have our own uh, like experience with that. That I don't know where, where, when exactly that would happen. We'll see. And uh, we need to go through the sessions uh, on our own. We need to go through the all the content. And I'm not sure what will be the next topic for our next episode. Um, we, will, we, will, we will have to think about that. But um, I think we might meet with you guys, listeners, viewers, somewhere in July. <laughs>
Yeah. Now, now we, we, we need some time to go through the sessions and we need probably some time to start a lot working of homework. on things. Yeah. And uh, hopefully by that time, we might have some news on the uh, Vision Pro device, Vision OS, and um, maybe some more um, like news restrictions or restrictions being lifted for the developers. Who knows? We'll see. And um, since we like almost a year till the devices will be actually available, I mean, they will be starting sales in uh, early uh, next year, but I still think that will be like hugely constrained and uh, there will be not too many devices available at, at first and like oh, my, maybe by next WWDC there will be some the, uh, something new there on this topic. So you, you have a lot of time to collect money. Yeah, well, yeah, we will definitely. <laughs> we, we will so be looking into this. Save some, some money from your lunches and yeah. Yeah, a lot of lunches, a lot of lunches. <laughs> <laughs> one year of lunches yeah or maybe more okay uh i think that would be it for today uh thank you for coming uh, uh hopefully that will be that was interesting to you write us anything like i don't know write us to mastodon to twitter to uh we also have this uh instagram thing which has zero uh anything yet but we will be probably posting something on instagram as well um, yeah, right. Leave your comments, subscribe to us on every platform you, you know, and uh, leave us a review. Probably that, that will be it. And we will see you in July. See ya. Okay. Bye. See ya. Bye.